This is the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, helping millennials execute their vision. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Blind Entrepreneur. I'm with Daniel Fine. He's 22, based out of Philadelphia. He is the CEO of Glass U. They make full folding sunglasses, among other products that are fully customizable. They have done merchandise and swag with companies like Microsoft, NCAA, and uh, pretty much every company out in the world right now. Uh, this guy's on fire. Uh, Daniel, welcome to the show. I have one uh, quick question for you. We're going to start it off right away. Tell us about yourself. Who are you, and what is your story? Good question. Um, I'm Daniel Fine, as you know. I just graduated from Penn. I was a member of Penn's class of 2015. I was in the Wharton School there studying business, operations, and uh, global change and innovation, as I like to claim. Um, I got started with my entrepreneurial career back when I was 11 years old, and my younger brother Jake was diagnosed with type 1 juvenile diabetes. Um, Together and with our parents, we founded an organization called Team Brotherly Love, which is devoted to saving lives and finding a cure for the disease. And as that ramped up, we started many different campaigns, wanted to raise money and really get kids involved in understanding how important it is to be philanthropic and how good it feels to really do good. Um, so Brotherly Love was launched. We started various things there um, and started selling apparel off of the realization that it's very challenging for young people to just donate money. Um, they don't really understand the concept in certain cases or cash is just hard to come by. But we did realize that young people would love to purchase cool products that they like, especially if they have a cause behind them. So we started a campaign called The Cross Against Diabetes Selling Swag, eventually did very well there and realized that we should source that directly from factories to have a better margin and be able to donate more money to charity. So that was the beginning of Fine Prince, which was our, our my first entrepreneurial for-profit endeavor. We picked up a bunch of different clients along the East Coast, many of which were schools, um, boarding schools and whatnot, and that continued to scale and over time all in. And Brotherly Love has now raised over about $2.2 million towards research and Fine Prince has been warped into what Class U is today. Um, following my graduation from high school, one of my best friends, Alex Satina, came to me and said, Dan, what do you think of me starting um, at t- or me tutoring this summer to make some extra cash? And I was like, screw that. Let's start a tutoring company together. So we did. Um, it was called Next Tutor at the time, now called Match Tutor. And it aligns students and tutors based on personality and interest rather than just content. So in the same light where if you're a student in a classroom and you like your teacher, you're more engaged, more excited, and therefore tend to comprehend more. Um, we took that to the one-on-one model, and that's still around. And then down the line, a couple of other gigs later, um, I had gotten into Penn, wanted to make sunglasses that said Penn 2015 on the side in red and blue, and attempted to do that. Um, And that was when Glass U was born, where I called about three dozen companies in the US to see if they could make that product. No one said yes. Someone said, you need to go to China for that. So I found a manufacturer, and that was the beginning of Glass U. as we'll get to later, um, that was not such a pretty experience, but never is. It's nothing's easy. <laughs> so you started pretty much your career at, at 11. You're 22 now. You don't just wake up, uh, especially like most 11-year-olds. They're you know playing Pokemon or something like that. What was it at your early age of your, uh, your career where you're like, you know what, this is, this is what I want to do. I want to be an entrepreneur. 
So everything really relates back to brotherly love. Obviously, that was the beginning of the process. But what's very neat and I find special is how there are very specific instances and ways that what we've done or what I've done to date um, truly relates to where it all began at the beginning. So Brotherly Love started out with a Dollars for Diabetes campaign, which was getting a bunch of friends and other kids to come out and storm the crossfields carrying buckets asking for donations. And that was a big thing about leadership and marketing and how to get people to, to follow what you're trying to do and things of that idea. So that was the beginning there. Then we started sourcing product out of China and doing t-shirts and things of that nature. That turned into our supply chain today um, down to sales, which is really everything as I had mentioned previously. Like That was something that I learned when we were trying to hustle t-shirts out of the back of our cars and now that's what our business is and who we are today. So. It's pretty neat, and I, again, I find it pretty special how things really do come full circle, and what we were doing, and what I was doing at 12 years old, um, really comes right back to impact who I am today at 22. Did you was entrepreneurship an actual word that you that you knew about when you were uh, you know building this, or was it just something innate within your being um, that you just decided to to do, or or even a follow up question to that is is were your parents uh, entrepreneurial? That's an all great question. So I have no idea if I knew the word entrepreneurship at that point in time. Um, I think I knew the concept of being my own boss, and I frankly am not really sure at what point it, it struck me that like, I would always be my own boss, um, that the people I'd report to are partners, investors, and, and customers, not somebody above me telling me what to do every day. Um, that was probably in high school. When, when I really realized, okay, this is this is where it's heading and where I'm going to be and I'm not going to pursue banking or consulting on the back end of my, my college education. Um, but that, that, that's a good one. I, I don't know. But I think that's kind of the most honest answer. As far as parents go, my mom is intrapreneurial. Um, she, she's a business executive that has done some incredible things, but inside companies, my dad is a physician. Um, so I fall somewhere in the middle there, uh, start having started dosed with my brother, a diabetes company that obviously takes the medical side and the business side and pushes the two together. So I'm a big overlap of my parents as far as that's concerned and I'm hugely appreciative of everything that they've done. Uh, they've been extraordinarily supportive and have helped me get to this point and my, my brother as well he's a freshman at Penn now which is part of why I stuck stuck around Philly so we're, we're lucky to be close by and have an incredible familial dynamic and, and be this close uh, yeah. as well the support system is is, is critical uh, whether it's family friends etc but Absolutely. Uh, go into more detail about some of the early struggles that you had um, when you were trying to start up uh, Glassio Sure. Um, everything is a struggle early. There is nothing easy and I very much look forward to the bigger problems. I, I don't say that lightly um, by any stretch, but the ability to really understand and have other people to deal with things that are the day to day issues that are frankly heavily semantical. Um, early, early on, there were some stupid struggles, like being too young to have a credit card and I couldn't sign off for my own bank accounts and things of that nature, which just drove me crazy. Um, 
I lost almost six figures in our first order with Glassview. That was all money that I had made hustling sunglasses and sneakers in, college, in high school. Um, and the way that that money was lost would be I had ordered 12,000 pairs of glasses for about 20 grand in total and was told by my manufacturer that that product was going to be shipped now or at that point and delivered within three weeks. So I went and signed a contract with the fulfillment center um, and they were like, oh, yeah, you're going to have a $2,000 a month, monthly minimum. I was like, oh, no problem. We're going to be killing it. Like sign on the dotted line. Um, and that meant I had to spend at least two grand a month with them. And then the product that I had ordered got stuck in customs for five months. And customs charged us for the storage of our product while it was awaiting clearance. And so did the fulfillment center because they sucked and weren't willing to help me. So I lost 10 grand in customs and 10 grand with the fulfillment center there. So that was the first 20. Then it finally cleared customs and I thought we were good to go. And then the FDA called, um, and yeah, the Food and Drug Administration um, because sunglasses are considered a medical device because they have UV protection for your eyes. And uh, who knew? So that was another four months in holding and four months in losses with the fulfillment center. And then finally the product comes in, we sold a couple hundred pairs and then they all broke and they snapped right in the middle and I wasn't going to ruin our brands before we even had one. So that sucked. Um, that, that's a big problem and that's something that uh, I share that story frequently with all of the different groups and especially young entrepreneurs, if you will, uh, to try and honestly scare people a little bit because entrepreneurship is extraordinarily glorified. Um, I love what I do, but people really just get caught up in the concept of being your own boss and thinking you do whatever you want all the time and don't realize that it's a hustle and a struggle all the way through. Um, and one of the things that I really always share, especially today, is how different it is and how the responsibilities just vary, where my friends and peer group from Penn are at incredible places with amazing jobs and they know what their salary is and they know what they're ending up with at the end of the year, plus the bonus and whatnot versus us in the startup world where, sure, I, I know what's going on, but I'm also responsible for people and for employees that have children, like I'm responsible for them and their kids and things of that nature. So it's just a very, very different type of stress um, and what's going on. But it's awesome. I, I love it. And that, that's part of the journey. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And, and, you know, for clarity, I, this is the exact reason why this podcast exists is because there's an influx of people who just think they have a really good idea and they don't necessarily know what it takes to to actually accomplish it. Uh, so kudos to you for for figuring that out. I feel like once you once you understand that, uh, you know, not that everything gets easier, but it it definitely uh, becomes more palatable uh, throughout your the rest of your experience in entrepreneurship. Um, so when it comes to uh, would you say uh, I guess you would say that that would be your bi one of your biggest failures that early on that ten thousand twenty thousand dollar loss, right? I don't. It's not a failure. Um, it's, it's learning. I mean, there's, there's two ways to look at it. Right? I, I get that question frequently. So what are, what are your biggest failures? Right? I, I fail every day, but is, are those really failures or are they, are they bumps? Right? That's part of the process. There are issues all the time, right? I've had, I fired employees. I've hired employees. I've had employees quit. Right? There's each of those is technically a failure, right? Hire fast, fire fast, or which way are you really going to do it? Um, there are 
tons of questions and issues that are inherent there as far as what, what counts as a failure. Okay. I think in many cases, failures are successes because of what people take away from it. It goes back to the simple concept of like either get rich or die trying to be punny with it, but really like nobody's going to learn anything and you're not going to get anywhere unless you put the effort in. And if you don't fail and you don't succeed, then nothing happened. Um, so I, I don't know. Right? It's one of those things. I, I don't say I haven't technically failed. Right? I we now have a great office. I have a great team. We're growing. Things are fantastic there. But on the same note, I've been knocked down time and time again. And the question is, how, can you get back up? And how much higher can you climb from when you fall, from where you were before? Um, so, not necessarily failures. Right? It's, I'm not saying I'm perfect and it's an all success by any stretch. But more so, those are just the struggles of the grind and what you have to overcome in order to succeed. Couldn't agree more. Uh, we're actually going to change a little bit of focus now, and I want to learn a little bit more about uh, what's going on up in here. Uh, I, I found a lot of great success in processes and procedures, internal processes. So what are some things that you've done in order to help your career out and have also been able to help you become more efficient throughout your day? The better question would be what are the things that I'm trying to do? Okay. Oh, if, that works too. <laughs> Uh, a lot of things since graduating, a ton of things have changed for me, and I'm trying really, really hard to, frankly, create a structure and have some more consistency in my life in order to be more successful. Um, recently, I've been traveling a ton, which makes it that much more challenging to be consistent. Um, and I think that having a plan and being able to stick with that is incredibly important. So I'm, I'm in the midst of. I think it's 58 straight travel days with eight days in my own bed um, in Philly in the mix right now. Um, tonight is one of them, but I'm on a 5 a.m. flight tomorrow morning, so I don't know if this counts. Um, <laughs> but um, really trying to be consistent, getting on a regimen that is consistent, right? getting up, working out first thing in the morning, eating, heading to the office, trying to be in the office before everyone gets there so that I can be productive and get things done before I get nagged all day. Um, going home, hitting the gym again, playing sport, whatever that may be, showering, having dinner with friends, and then probably and generally working a little slash chilling and then passing out and doing it again. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that being consistent is one of the most important things. And then the other part is really holding yourself accountable. Um, that's something that... I wasn't really good at and I'm trying to get better at and one of the examples that I have that drives me nuts is when I look at a to-do list that was the same list for the last week or even month or longer in many times. That drives me insane. I'm trying really hard to be focused, understand what my top priorities are and not procrastinate on the things that I know are action items and being able to move forward like that and that sets an example for my people and it holds me to an accountable realm where we really get shit done and are able to, to drive the processes forward. So to, to lay it up for, for people out there that are listening, stick with a regimen, come up with a schedule that works for you and really try to stand by it. Um, know what you need to do, prioritize your action items and actually get them done. And honestly, just shut up and do it. Like stop talking about shit constantly about what needs to happen and, and get to work. 
And that's something that I know you have a follow-up question a little later um, about what, what that advice is. But everyone just talks and talks and talks and nobody actually does anything. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why there are so many concepts and so, so little actual results. Yeah, well, that's actually my next question. Um, my next question is actually what are some, you know, just to kind of, again, give you background, the Blind Entrepreneur was specifically created to help individuals um, that want to become entrepreneurs but don't know how to do it. And so, you know, what are three pieces of advice that you'd like to give to uh, other millennials who may want to become entrepreneurs? So I'll, I'll reiterate the last one. So the, the first piece of advice to other millennials that really want to get into this grind is, again, just shut up and do it. Um, it's important to have people's opinions on your concepts and understand what your customers think, but shipping something that's perfect is not better than not shipping anything, right? Like you get people get caught up. They don't end up making anything because they're achieve, trying to achieve perfection. And if they get something out that's half as good as that, then they're winning. Right. So my, my point there really is like just just make something right. If it's digital, put a wireframe together and then find an engineer and try to mock it up. If it's physical, make a prototype and look for a manufacturer. Right? There there are ways to start, but everyone just talks, talks, talks and never gets anywhere. And then frequently for college entrepreneurs, they have the same concept their freshman year that they have at the beginning of their senior year. And then at that point, they're still talking about it, are finally ready to do something with it. Then they're like, crap, it's too late. I don't have enough time. Um, so part one, just do it. Um, part two, harness the resources that are around you. Um, we are in a very fortunate time where we have incredible access, technology, and brilliant people around us, and most of us and most of the people that are in this realm do, and we don't harness it, right? So look around you and try to understand how to work with the people that are around you and really make the most of it. And then that leads into my third one, which is don't be afraid to share your ideas. Um, a lot of people are just afraid of the fact that somebody is going to take it if they share it, but the reality is that you're not gonna really gonna be able to do it without sharing. So share with the right people and then work and make it happen so that, uh, so that nobody can beat you to it. Because the reality is some people will steal your ideas. But if you're the first one to make it happen, then it's really yours and you can prove that and that means something. So get out there and uh, get, get that hustle on. Wise words. Um, so the interview is pretty much over, but I have one last question for you. This is my personal favorite. Uh, imagine that you just had the worst day of your life. Uh, you seem like a very positive, upbeat guy, so I don't know if uh, you, know, you get too negative. But just imagine uh, that you, uh, you had a really bad day and your head down, uh, you, you put your head down and you're still trying to focus in order to make the day better. Uh, what is that one food that you're going to go out and buy in order to raise your spirits higher? It's <laughs> an interesting one. I, I would tell you if I'm in the middle of a really shitty day or the end, I go and work out. Um, that's my stress reliever. Um, the one food I would buy, I had probably sushi, although that's a lie. I don't think I eat sushi when I'm stressed. And that is one of my favorites. Um, Home-cooked meals, maybe a thing that yeah, you've had when you traveled. Chicken parm or like. Steak frites if I'm like ready to indulge. I don't know. That's a funny one. I didn't think you were gonna ask me what my food is, but I do have I do have a big glass jar of Hershey Kisses on my desk. 
um, that my mom is solely responsible for filling, and she's very, very proud of that. So that is that definitely makes me and and all of the team smile when they come up and uh, and steal those right right from that glass jar. <laughs> Do you give them give that, those to people as a as a token after they leave the office or? Um, frankly, no. We throw them at one another more than uh, that works too. That yeah. works too. Far more butter ads here than just uh, just handing over some. Cash. Cool, man. So, Daniel, if you if you don't mind, just telling everybody how they can contact you to learn more about your journey to to even purchase some items from your uh, from your company. Sure. So to to check out GlassU and buy some really sweet swag, we are online at glassu.com. That's G-L-A-S-S, and then the letter U. Dot com. Uh, my personal site is danielfine.com. I can be reached on Twitter at danielfine um, or contacted through the website, and I'm pretty responsive from there. So feel free to reach out and happy to, happy to help where I can. Cool. cool. Well, thank you for the words of wisdom and uh, continued success. Awesome. Thanks again, man. Best of luck, and uh, we'll be in touch.